Okay, we're ready to begin. Parshas Kishetay. The question is very interesting. I'd like to say over the question <coughs> that is dealt in the safe of Ayatna, can Rabbi Zilberstein? He asked the following question. Somebody uh, needed a uh, transplant, one of their organs. Kidneys, um, liver, heart, lung transplant. And they heard that they can get a transplant in China. And uh, that was the only way to get it, because uh, in certain certain organs, if you try to get a transplant for them, so you get it's a big line. person by the time can be uh, literally just starved, and a person can uh, um, not work out their health issues if, uh, if, they're, if they have to wait in line for certain organs. So one convenient way is to go out of country and get the transplant there. So the person had that option to get a transplant in China. And he heard that it's a uh, that the that the Chinese government or the Chinese uh, people they do the transplants according to Western protocol, according to the proper medical knowledge of the time. And where they get the organs from is they get them from car accidents. People have one that's fun. They don't drive carefully. If something happens, get into an accident, they die. It's a good source. Unfortunately, it's a good source for harvesting organs. So what the Chinese government does is that they take their organs and they uh, they harvest them from the, these these people who who died in car accidents. That's what the uh, the government advertises as the source for the organs in the hospital. So this color, this person, the only way that they were going to save themselves, the only way that they're going to become healthy again, is get a transplant of a particular organ, let's say the kidneys, and then get the kidneys in China. However. It became a problem because there started rumors coming out of China that the rumors from different people who have uh, left the country, including doctors who have performed um, organ transplants, and people left the country, and these people are saying that that's not where they get the organs from. That's not where the government gets the organs from. Where the government gets the organs from is that there's the court system uh, tries, just like in every other country, there's a court system, they try people for crimes. And those people who they find guilty of a capital offense, they find guilty of a capital offense, meaning capital punishment, meaning execution. So what they do with these people, they take them to this particular hospital where they do, is, uh, is the, the primary source for the organ transplant. They take them to this particular hospital and they do a battery of tests to find out whether the person who was found guilty uh, of, uh, of, of this crime that he's going to be executed for, they find out to see if this person is compatible to the other person who wants to buy, purchase the, uh, the organ. And basically what they do is, is that they harvest the organ from the, uh, from, the, from the villain, from the criminal. And the process basically uh, kills the villain, that's his execution. The execution is the harvesting of the organs for usage of, of, uh, of patients. That's the rumors that, that's what the rumors that people say. So, to be really the capital crime. So, 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 right, so this, I don't know, I don't know the reason, but the question is like this, the question is like this. First, the first question that the, that the rabbi was asked is, first of all, is if a person wants to get a transplant, 
can he rely on the advertisement that the government does about where the, the, where the transplants come from? Can he rely on the, the statements, the official statements that are coming from the Chinese government that these organs are being harvested from accident victims? Or perhaps maybe not. Perhaps maybe a person should rely on the testimony that's coming from people he doesn't know or she doesn't know that these organs are being harvested from execution victims uh, who have committed murder, etc. And does a person have to stop himself and not go to China to get the organ to save their life? Or yes, should they go to the, or not? Should they go or not? That's question number one. Question number two is, is that do we say that even if we assume that the Chinese government is getting the organs from, that the Chinese government is getting the organs from execution victims, perhaps maybe you're still allowed to do it. Because, first of all, we have a, a principle which we're going to explore a little bit. It's called Dina de Machusadina. That whatever the, 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 the halacha is, the Jewish law is, is that whatever the judgment of the of the gov- particular government is, that judgment is considered to be the law of the land and is accepted, it's, it's uh, legitimate from, from a Jewish perspective and therefore if the government decides that somebody is liable for a capital offense, they are liable for a capital offense. And if they decide that this is the way they're going to execute them, so this is the way they execute them and therefore there shouldn't be any problem at all. Wait, 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 wait let me just finish. Wait, let me just finish the question. So now, now, Right, that's number one. Number two is maybe the person can also say, first of all, I am not, even, even if, uh, if it's true that the organ is being harvested and I am relying on the fact that, uh, that the government is the ones who are executing the, 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 the person and taking their organs for sale. Perhaps maybe I'm allowed to rely on that anyway because I am just a secondary cause. I'm not asking, right, that person is not asking the government to go kill somebody. They can go and harvest organs from wherever they want. <laughs> they choose to harvest it from a person who's liable for execution. That's their prerogative. Therefore, the, the, the person, the, the patient, is, is only uh, a secondary cause. And since they are a secondary cause, they're not the ones that are responsible ultimately for the execution victim's death. The people who are responsible are the judge, the police, the doctors, the, uh, the nurses, and the whole staff of the hospital. It's their problem. That's the twofold question that we have. What do you want to say, Bela? You know, you really don't need to only refer to things where it would be Okay, fine. So then we have to see what the case is. And if, the, if, the, if, the, if the kingdom, for example, decides that somebody is liable for capital offense, they committed murder, but there's no witnesses, but they know they have evidence, they can use videotape or DNA or whatever, and they decided that this person can be executed, then we would follow the Dina, the Mahus Dina. Whatever the example is, we'll accept the law as is. That's the law in that country that everybody follows. Even though, even though Halakha would not allow it? Well, I don't know. I don't know if the Halakha would not allow it. So the Halakha would allow it. I mean, the Halakha would not... Obviously, the Halakha is not going to allow the... The Halakha is not dictate, dictating the particulars of how it happens. That's for sure. That's a din by... <coughs> din by definition is different than what the Halakha. Okay. That's the question. Everybody hear the... Everybody hear the question? 
That's the question. Eh? Don't confuse. We're, we're not going to confuse it with the current issue that we have today. The current issue that we have today about the uh, people who got arrested in a certain place for uh, trafficking organs by the United States government. That's because of a different thing. Because over there is that the the government prohibits. It is against the law to do business with organs in the United States of America. Therefore, if somebody lives in the United States of America and they sell organs to private individuals, for that they go to jail, because that's illegal. However, if a United States citizen wants to go travel to China or Madagascar or New Zealand, whatever they want to do, and have a medical procedure done there, that's their prerogative. The law does not prohibit a United States citizen from getting themselves cut up uh, in some other country and paying for the for the privilege. So they want to go to China and they want to get a, a kidney transplant, bakasha, let them have it. That's not illegal. So that's not, our question is, from the sick, from the patient's perspective, is the patient, is the patient doing an ethical thing by buying an organ from a source that's questionable? He doesn't know whether the source is killing, is killing the source of the, of the, of the organ or, or, the hospital is getting the organs anyway because the person is dying in a, in a car accident. What, what does the person have to do if that comes up to be as a question in their mind? Should they die and not get a kidney transplant, Rahman Litzlan, because they are going to be causing somebody else to die? Or should they live and get the kidney transplant in a different country and uh, not worry about the rumors and rely upon the uh, the publications that state that these organs are being harvested from accident victims. That's the unlocking question that we have tonight. It's a prevalent question. It doesn't seem maybe so so uh, so no good. It doesn't seem to be so pertinent. But it's not true. It is pertinent. Many people. Uh, we have family, friends, uh, Rahman that uh, that are not so well. Okay. So now we always start to like this. He wants to say that it is permissible to do it. As far as the strict letter of the law is concerned, it is permissible to go buy an organ somewhere else, even if the patient doesn't know where it's coming from. The proofs are as follows. So the rest, uh, the part of the next part of the evening, we're going to discuss what the proofs that are. But he says that it is permissible. One is allowed to do it. Rabbi Zulistan. He's a famous Tamar Chacham. You see the com- complete, complete uh, answer before we, before we uh, comment. So as far as the strict letter of the law, it is permissible. First of all, first of all, the fact that the government uh, makes a statement and says that the where you know where organs are being harvested from, they have veracity in that. <clears throat> One is allowed to believe them when it comes to that issue. That is a Gemara, in, uh, it's a Mishnah actually, in Tractate Gitten on page 10b. Mishnah says like this, Kol HaStaris HaOlem Ba'akosh HaOlem Kachovim, any contract, right, any contract that is being uh, produced by a non-Jewish court, a non-Jewish court, that's even though the signatures on the contract are of non-Jewish people, kishedim, those contracts are kosher. So if you have a contract, let's say, for example, a deed, a title, a transfer of ownership, whatever, contract between two people, an agreement, uh, uh, passage of a state, 
all of these contracts according to Torah law are kosher. They are kosher contracts even though they are being produced by a secular court. Now, ask the Gemara, right, that it seems there's, there's, the, the Gemara is, is a little bit complicated, so stay, stay with me maybe. The Gemara says that there are two types of contracts. <coughs> there's a contract that is approved to a sale. So for example, right, if I buy, uh, I don't know, 10,000 pallets in Mutashem by uh, all Jewish uh, uh, businesses, somebody buys 10,000 pallets from you, or a bit of soy sauce, right? For the, the contract, so you write a contract for 10 years. The contract is not what's affecting the sale. What's affecting the sale is the transference of cash, of, of money. The contract that's signed is serving as proof to the sale. There's a contract that is proof to a sale. There are some contracts, though, that are not proof to a sale. There are some contracts which are the actual, uh, uh, activate the transaction. For example, a gift, the Gemara says. A gift, when somebody gives somebody a gift, in that case, the contract that is written is not the, uh, is, is not approved to the giving of the gift. It is the activation of the actual gift itself. So, the Gemara says, there seems to be no distinction at all. The, when the Mishnah says that all contracts are kosher, it means it's, uh, are kosher to be used, it seems to be that all contracts are kosher. It doesn't matter whether they are gifts or whether they are sales. So I understand, says, I understand, says the Gemara, a contract that is a proof to a sale. I understand a country that's approved to a sale, why it would be kosher, even though it's being produced by a non-Jewish court. Why? Because if we have a court system that's set up, says the Gemara, if we have a court system that's set up, that court system is, is, uh, prides itself in adjudicating judgment and being, uh, <coughs> being straightforward and, 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 and just. Therefore, the judges that sit on such a court system, says the Gemara, are not going to produce contracts that are proofs to transactions that never took place, right? Because that would ruin their business. For example, like the same way that, uh, you know, a chef, uh, a high-standard chef would not produce food that is not uh, up to his standard or up to his image, a judge is not going to produce contracts that are not uh, legitimate because they don't want to ruin their reputation and they don't want to lose their job. Therefore, if you have a contract that brings a proof to a, <coughs> to a transaction, that contract has veracity. That tra- contract can be tra- uh, trusted, and it's kosher. That's what the Gemara says with uh, Rashi's explanation. All right. So we're taking we're taking one step at a we're taking one step at a time. So first, the first step that we're dealing with is: Do we believe the government when they say that the that the that the contract that I'm sorry that the organs are being harvested from car accidents, or do we say the government is lying? And the, the organs are being harvested who knows from where. They're coming from fish. We don't know where they're coming from. So, 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 one thing, Emma. So, therefore, Rabbi Zilberstein says, you see from this Gemara that a, a non-Jewish court is allowed to, is, is, if it produces a contract, a proof of a transaction, we accept it in a Jewish court. Therefore, says Rabbi Zilberstein, that 
Therefore, therefore, if, a, if a, the reason for this is is that the court doesn't want to ruin its reputation, certainly a whole entire government which rules over that court doesn't want to ruin its reputation. And why would it produce an image of itself as being a... Uh, 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 doing organ transplants in a legal, legitimate way, <coughs> while well, everybody knows that it's not. Yeah, it says on the thing, it says from car accidents. I don't know exactly how the, the papers are uh, produced, right? But that's the way it's being presented. They don't, they don't, they, they, in China, they don't deal like they do in the United States. There isn't a piece of paper and signature for every step that the doctor takes in the thing. You know, uh, today, on Tuesday, uh, I'm saying Wednesday afternoon, the doctor, when he performed the operation for three hours, he took 355 steps. He used uh, the following five tools uh, for three minutes each. Right. They don't, they do that in, in the United States, they do that with the signature of the doctor, the signature of the nurse, the signature of the security guard downstairs, <laughs> the signature of the, of the birds that are on the windows, and then they're stamped and sent to the, uh, you know, to the government office, and then they check it with five different people and recheck it. They don't do that in China. It's not a breach of the contract. We want to know from the patient's perspective, is he allowed to take the government's word for it that, 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 that they're telling the truth? And you're saying that the Gemara says yes. So the Gemara says yes, but speak of the reason why. didn't know about China. The Gemara, I mean, it could be. Could be. There's two questions, though. The one is about uh, the, the, the lockers that are we even supposed to, but you're asking a secondary question is do we trust the, the government, in this case the Chinese government? Could you apply the same theory with a person that if someone shows himself to be honest and all of a sudden they're doing something now that is for someone says, well, maybe that's dishonest, okay? That you would have to go by their history to know you assume the best in person, but if you know someone to be a crook, Right. You don't right, so we're saying that there has to be a principle. But they show themselves to be dishonest in many cases. Right, so there's a principle that operates. We're not looking for the person to be honest. The principle, the operating principle in this decision to be made is on whether or not there's a reputation at stake. If there's a reputation is at stake, then people are not going to do certain things, even though they would like to do them. People like to lie and cheat and steal and then, uh, you know, do whatever they like, but they don't do those things sometimes because they find themselves in positions where they know that if they do them, their life will be ruined, so to speak. Government officials, athletes, uh, people of prominence, uh, people in the public eye, certain governments, they won't do certain things, or they'll at least make a presentation, even when he made the Olympics, right, when he made the Olympics, so he... Uh, he tried to 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 create an image of a of a of a of a, of a stable um, government that 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 that's open and strong and 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 developing and this where everybody came you know the the the, the president of the uh, of the international Olympics committee you know when he was driving down with Hitler down the street so they saw uh, billboards of propaganda kill Jews Jews are dogs this and that. He said, we can't have the Olympics if you're going to have these signs over here. We can't have that. I mean, we can have people driving from all over the world seeing these signs. We can't have that. I'm going to take... He threatened him. He said, I'm going to take the Olympics and I'm going to move them somewhere else. So he put down the signs. 
to the Olympics. You put it back up after, but you still doing the Olympics. There are certain things the government are not going to do. If that principle is operating, in that particular case, then you can trust them to say that the truth. But it's not operating. Right, so then it's not. If it is, it is. If it's not, it's not. That's the question. Okay? We're not making a, we're not making a judgment now about China. No, I know, but... This discussion is not an assessment of the Chinese government or the Turkish government or whatever. It's an, no, it's an assessment and we're looking for the principles and where we're going to decide the Allahi question. So if the principle speaks X, then we're going to do X and it's going to speak Y, it's going to be Y. We're using the Chinese government in this particular case because this was the Shiloh for this particular individual. But if today the Chinese government not like this, then we're not going to use that principle. That you could there be something wrong with any country that harvests organs, though, that in itself negates it? In other words, we're going to get to that point. We're going to get to that point. That's why the United States government prohibits trafficking of organs because, you know, you can go to a party, have a couple of drinks, and wake up the next morning without your kidneys. You understand? This could happen. It happens. Rahman looks fun. People, people walking down the street, people knock them over, cut them to pieces, take out their kidney, and go. But if you're selling them, and a guy knows he can get $20,000 for it, then it's going to be even worse. <coughs> Therefore, it's illegal to do this. But we're going to discuss that. We're going to discuss that. Fine. So now, we're specifically talking about government. As the Gemara says, and also on Dav Gimon, on Basra, the Gemara is, is here discussing the question of Baba Ben Buta gave advice to Herod to... Knock down the base of meat. Just rebuild it a little bit. To knock down the product of the base of meat, rebuild it. So the Gemara says, how could he do that? Ah, I didn't, Rav Chista, say that a person is not allowed to knock down a shul. People, the, 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 they're not allowed to knock down a shul. One is not allowed to knock down a shul to build a new one until the new one is built because we're afraid that if the new one, if you knock down the first one and you don't build, and you, you might, something might happen, you know how it is. I was once at a, at a kolel in a certain city, so they're building a kolel, they're rebuilding, they knocked down part of the building, started building the building. I come back six months later, the construction is still, uh, you know, there's paper, this, drywall, no paint. So I asked somebody, what happened? So they ran out of money in the middle of the construction, they ran out of money, that's it. So they have a half a building now. Well, now they have money, they finished it. But it took them a couple of years to finish the building because they, they started. They said, but they said we're going to start to do the mitzvah. We'll finish mitzvah. We'll worry about it later. That, it's also to knock down an entire shoe in order to build a new one because we're afraid that you're not going to build it later. First you build the other one, then you knock down this one. That's our Rachel. So how is it possible? So I don't know. That's what the Rebbe Christus says. The Gemara is asking, how did Ben Bavid Ben Buta give advice to others to do that? So first the Gemara says maybe he was afraid about the structural, the structural soundness of the base. I mean, that's one answer. The other answer is like this. A government is different. Who this was the government? He was doing the good. A government is different because a government, Shmuel says that if a government says that they're going to uproot a mountain, let's say tomorrow the Maricopa County, uh, or what do we call them, uh, you know, government says we're going to take down South Mountain and Shalom. We're gonna we're gonna raise South Mountain. We're gonna we're gonna make Seventh Street go straight through to Rabatuki. That's it. No more South Mountain, right? Uh, so if they say that, says Vishmuel, says Shmuel, if they say that, 
then you can rely on that. Because once the government says something, they don't renege. Even to uproot, even to uproot a mountain, even to uproot a mountain. Once there is a, once there is, <coughs> once it's stated and put in writing, it happens. It might not be true today. Maybe I don't know, but it's, it's true today. It's, it's true. It was true then. Once it's stated, if witness is going to say, "I'm going to rebuild the base on Mikdash," then that's like it's written in stone. That that's not going to change. There's no way to change that. So therefore. So therefore, we're, rely, we're relying on the same principle. Why is the government not going to change a policy that it makes? Why not? Because also it's going to ruin their reputation. People, their citizens, are going to lose confidence in the government. They're going to say the government says like this and it does like that. They're not going to vote for, uh, if, it's, if it's a voting government, they're not going to vote for the, for the people in charge. They're going to say they, they promised one thing, they outright, they didn't do it. So, so therefore, we rely on government because we rely on them for this. That's the, uh, as far as believing them is concerned. Okay? That's as far as believing them is concerned. Now, another question is, fine, so you believe them. Let's say, let's say you don't believe them. Or let's say there is a minority of people that are talking of being executed by, uh, they just cut, up, cut them up and take their, take their organs. <coughs> is one allowed to do that anyway? Is one allowed to uh, say, okay, fine, listen, this guy, he's going to die anyway. I'm not causing their death. So uh, I'm living. Or he, the patient, is living. I'll just buy the organ. I'm not going to worry about where it comes from. All right, let's say, let's, let's say that is the case. Are you allowed to do that? So the halacha is, the halacha really is, is that one is not allowed to exchange lives. Right? It is Haskin in the Shulchan Aruch Yodeh Simen Kufnun Zayin. And it's also in the Rambam in the laws of Yisodei Torah, chapter 5, halacha number 7. The Rambam talks about on whether or not one is allowed to exchange one's life for another life. Is that, is that, is that allowed? <coughs> so he says like this, in chapter 5, halacha number 7. Says the Rambam. Uminayin shatilu b'mokam sakaras nefashis ein oivim al achus mishol shaveres elu. How do you know that a person is not allowed to transgress the three cardinal sins, even if it means that they're going to, even if it means that they're going to die? How do you know that? So he brings a pasuk. He says, "Vahapta." Um, you have to love Hashem with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your money, even if He takes your life. Every now I transgress these three avirs. Now, to kill somebody in order to heal somebody else. Right, to, uh, to, 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 let's say to harvest or whatever, right, to, to use to use uh, their body parts or their organs or their blood or whatever to kill somebody in order to save somebody else. That is, or to save somebody from from a criminal, to kill someone to save someone else from a criminal. All of that is 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 prohibited. Why? It makes sense 
that one should not do something like that. Why? Because we're not, we don't uh, destroy one life for the sake of saving another life. That makes sense. That's what the Ram says. The Ramam's source is Tractate Stachim on page 25b and uh, Tractate Sanhedrin on page 74a. That is different. That's a different case. There, the Egyptian was trying to hurt the Jew, so he did it to defend the Jew from the Egyptian. Here, the uh, the person, the, the 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 victim in question, is not hurting anybody. They're just being killed. They're innocent bystanders. They're being killed in order to save someone else. That the Rambam is saying not allowed to do. You can't choose to save one life over the other. <coughs> Right, they're being killed anyway. So we're 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 leading up to that. We're leading up to that. Okay, they are being killed anyway. It's true. We're leading up to that. Right now, we're just saying the Rambam. The Rambam is talking about in a case where they're not being killed anyway. He's not talking about a case where the person has been decided to be executed. What? The Talmud here says, the Talmud here says, how do you know that one is not allowed to commit murder in order to save themselves? How do you know that? No. No, to kill, not self-defense, to kill somebody else in order to save themselves. How do you know how to do that? What's the case? So the Gemara says, there was a person who came in front of Rava, and he said, there was a person by the name of Mario Deroy, he said to me, go kill so-and-so, go kill Shimon, if you don't kill Shimon, I'll kill you. What should I do? That's what he asked Rava. So Rava... Robert said to him, Robert said to him, you tell Mari DeRoy that he should kill you. He should kill you. Why? Because my cause is the Dharma Didach Sumatve who said that your blood is redder than the other guy's. Right? Dilma Dhamma Dhamma Ukabra Sumatve. Maybe the other guy's blood is redder than yours. So Rashi in both places explains the Gemara as follows. Rashi is a very interesting question. We know he says that the Gemara tells us and try, the, the Torah says, I believe in Parshas Achimos. Torah says, Vachai Bam, you should live by the mitzvot. So the Gemara says in Tractate Yuma on page 85 that Vachai Bam, you should live by the mitzvot, and not die by the mitzvot. Shmuel, the same Shmuel says, you should not die by the mitzvot. Meaning that what? The person has shown sick on Shabbos, and they need to get to the hospital. So they're allowed to get, and they're sick, meaning their, their life could be in danger. They're allowed to get in their car, turn on the car, and drive to uh, to the hospital and be treated by the doctor. I they're transgressing the Shabbos. The Chayyim, you should live by the mitzvahs. and not die by the mitzvahs. Person is to die by the mitzvah. one is not obligated to die in order to keep a mitzvah. Shabbos is suspended for the for danger of life, and all the mitzvahs are suspended for danger of life. Every single mitzvah is suspended. So. So, the, so Rashi says that maybe this person is like this. What's the, what's, the, what's the problem here? I'm not allowed to kill so-and-so, right? Shimon, let's say Shimon, is, is Ruvain is not allowed to kill Shimon. 
So when when the when the uh, the evil person tells Ruvain to go kill Shimon, or else he's going to kill Ruvain. So Ruvain can say, "Listen, I'm not I'm not I'm not obligated to keep the mitzvot and die by the mitzvot. So therefore, I'm going to go kill Shimon." Ruvain can say, "I'm going to go kill Shimon." I, the Torah says, "Lo siyotach, do not kill." But the mitzvot is suspended. Danger of life. My life is in danger. Suspend the mitzvot, lo siyotach, of do not kill, and I'll uh, and I'll live, right? So Rashi says that the Gemara here is saying that it may, doesn't that argument makes no sense. Why not? Because there's going to be somebody that's going to die. It's either going to be Ruvain or it's going to be Shimon. No, you That's not that's not an option. If you could do that, that's the option. That's what Pamela is saying. That's what Pamela is saying. Pamela wants to kill the guy who says it. But that's not an option. We're talking about case that's not an option. So says Rashi, somebody's going to get killed. Somebody's going to get killed, right? So now it's either that the, the villain is going to kill Ruvain, or Ruvain is going to kill Shimon, but somebody's going to die anyway. However, there's one, there's one difference, is that if Ruvain does nothing, then somebody's only going to get killed. However, if Ruvain kills Shimon, there's, only, there's a person that's going to get killed, and he's going to commit murder. So the Torah, in such a case, the reason why the Torah says that the mitzvahs are suspended, says Rashi, this interesting Rashi, the reason why the mitzvahs are suspended for the sake of, of saving a life is because Hashem loves a Jewish neshama. Hashem loves, uh, what, is that, what, what is the language of Rashi here in Psachim? Uh, because, because your soul is beloved in front of the Hashem. So therefore the Torah says, my, the soul is more, your soul is more important to me than you keeping my mitzvot. Therefore, if you're going to die, forget my mitzvot and you live. But over here, there's two souls. And one of the souls is going to die anyway. So therefore, what is Hashem going to say? Forget this, you live. But the other one is going to die. And uh, what? You want to say that it should be you over him, but who said that you merit the fact that he should die, and also you should be able to suspend the mitzvah of not killing somebody. Therefore, you can't do anything. In other words, this, in this situation, there is no v'chaibahem. There is no yuma 85. There is no you should live by the mitzvahs and not die by the mitzvahs. Because over here, somebody's dying. There's no v'chaibahem. That's what Rashi said. If Ruben says, I have to kill Shimon, or else whatever he's saying, tell me. If he kills Shimon, Shimon's definitely dead. If he doesn't kill Shimon, maybe the guy meant it, and maybe he didn't. That's, that's not what, that's a good shot. You're saying good, Bela, but that's not what Rashi says. You're saying good, but that's not what Rashi says. Okay, fine. So now... But anyway, Shimon is, is, is anyway not part of the... But why not? Why not? For the others, for the other two cardinal sins, there is a pasuk. There's a verse which the Gemara derives. The Gemara for murder does not derive the cardinal sin, the murder. The, the, it, it says a svara. The Gemara says, Rava came up with that logical argument. There is no verse that proves that one is supposed to monitor themselves when it comes to murder. It's a, it's a svara and the svara that we just said. So now it's like this. All of this is if the Shimon is going to kill Shimon direct, he's going to take a gun and shoot him right in the head. 
that's what that that's when it's prohibited. That's when we say should, Reuben should say, "Kill me first. Wait. But just say no. But just say no. Just say no. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Say what, no. What if he says, Kill Shimon and kill you both. Kill Shimon and kill you both. Or I'm gonna kill you both. And you have to kill him then. Say one line. So no, the same thing. Same thing. Let him do it. I think same thing. Right, right. It's a whole complex discussion. What happens if he says, "Give me one, or else I'm gonna kill you all." That's a whole other Gemara. Fine. Or he says, give me this one. There's a difference between if he says, give me this one, or he says, give me one, you pick one. If he says, give me this one, we, give, we actually give him away. Okay, whatever. But if he says, you pick one, then we say, kill us all. Right? So, I don't, that's a separate discussion. Why and how. Fine. Now, the, um, that's all well and true if Ruvain's going to kill him direct. But if Ruben is going to kill him indirect, says the Imri Bina quoted by the Vayavna in Orachayim Simu Gimel Say, says the Imri Bina, if he's going to kill him indirect, then it's permissible. If he only does it as a secondary cause, that is permissible. As he's going to say to him like this. He's going to say to him like this. He's going to say to him like this, for example. He's going to say to him like this. Either you kill Shimon. Right, or I kill Shimon. Or whatever, I don't know. Or I kill three people. Either you kill Shimon, or I kill three people. Let's in this case. So, uh. No, actually, I don't. You know what? No, no, let's use the Imre Bini's example. I don't want to get myself in trouble. The Imre says, yes. The Imre Bini says, two people are in jail. Okay? One person has the possibility to escape. If he escapes, the other inmates are going to kill his friend. Right? Yeah, maybe they're going to kill his friend. Why? For take revenge because they don't want the other guy. Whatever, you know, I don't gang mates, I don't know. So in that case, as Nima Bini, he's allowed to escape because it's not his choice to go and kill the other prisoner. They, the other people, the other fellows want to do it. It's their problem. I's causing it. That's an indirect cause. That's not a direct cause. Ruvain can't uh, kill Shimon in order to get himself out of jail, <coughs> but he can escape. And if that's going to indirectly cause him to die, that's okay. So now, if that's the case, now Linda wants to say, like, Linda and Baylor want to say like this, that, that, ah, oh, but these people are going to be executed anyway. Are they going to be executed anyway? So, that's true. They're going to be executed anyway. That's part of our argument. But in this, we're going to assume not like that, because even if somebody's going to be executed anyway, you can't just walk into uh, death row, take your gun, and uh, which other people are going to be executed anyway, and then take uh, pot shots at them, right? The Gemara says in Tractic Shabbos, and it's also in, in your Adaya, in, in the Court of Law, if, I, if I'm correct, 339, right? It says there that, uh, it says there, that uh, one is not a lot of clothes, uh, a person is, is definitely uh, going to die any minute, Rahman, let's say. Right? One is not going to close their eyes. Because they can't, one second, they can't cause them to die earlier. So if a person is even, who said that somebody who is supposed to be executed, who said, that's not so simple to say, okay, they're going to die anyway. Okay? 
depends. If they were actually scheduled to die, to accommodate the owner's organ donation, then I would agree. But if they were actually scheduled to go to die, and there was an organ donation that was possible, that's a different subject. Yeah, but how do you know? How well, do you ever know? Because if it was already well, in this case, in this case, we don't know. In this case, we don't know what's happening. We don't know whether the judgment is correct. We don't know whether we're applying the Dina the Marcos or Dina, whether the law of the land is the same. We don't know whether the person is supposed to die this way. We don't know. We don't know anything. We just know that we're causing somebody else's death in order to take their organ. I, I, you don't think it's possible that somebody could be in an accident? And maybe, maybe they could get to the hospital and work on him and save him, but meanwhile there's somebody that's offering $10,000 for, for one of his organs. Well, why should we bother saving him if we could get $10,000 for his organs and not save him? And not save him. I mean, it's a different subject. Fine, fine. So, 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 says the Reb Zilich died. He says, over here... As far as the strict letter of the law, in our case, it would be permissible. Because if a person goes to this hospital in China and buys a, a kidney, they buy an organ, right? So now, they're buying an organ. It's an indirect cause. It's not, they're not being presented with a mathematical problem. We're going to take this other fellow, we're going to kill him to save you. He doesn't know what they're doing. He's not telling them to go and kill him to save him. He's buying the organ. The organ could be coming from a car accident, or the organ could be coming from this guy that they're killing. He's not causing that direct that somebody should be killed. Maybe it's indirect because they could be got it from somewhere else, from a car accident. Therefore, as far as the strict letter of the law is concerned, even though we have a rule that we don't sacrifice one life in order to save the other, that's only if it's direct. But if it's indirect, then it's permissible, and therefore, in this case, it should be permitted. That's what the Lazilistein concluded, as, as far as the halacha is, one is allowed to go get that organ. Fine. However, this question was also presented by Rabbi Zilberstein to Rabbi Shalom Yashiv. So, Rabbi Yashiv said like this. Rabbi Yashiv said like this, that it's, it's, as far as the law is concerned, it is permissible. However, it's prohibited anyway. One is not allowed to do this. Why not? Because we have a principle called Chil Hashem. We have a principle called the profanation of God's name, which is in Yuma, Tristate, uh, Tristate Yuma. One is not allowed to uh, profane God's name. Tristate Yuma, page, uh, if I'm not mistaken, page 86a. Right? One, is not allowed, one is not allowed to do that. So over here, over here, let's say that according to the law, it's correct. However, there are rumors swirling all around this hospital that this is the place of death. Okay, they have execution victims in in on, on, on the third floor. On what is it? On this? What's the what's the bad floor? The thirteenth floor. They have on the thirteenth floor. Okay, and they're cutting people up. Somebody comes in. That means another person gets cut up. All right. Oh, it comes another victim. We see the the, 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 the we see the uh the ambulance just arrived. That means somebody over here uh is is coming to the night. Right. There are rumors. Newspaper articles, uh, witnesses, people are talking about this. And what's going on? The Jews, the Yidin, right, are coming to this place to buy organs. So they're putting a, 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 a stamp of Aksha on, you know, Dr. Death over here, Dr. Black, on this hospital, uh, on, on, this, on this gloom and doom place. And murder, says the Rambam, murder is the worst 
Rambam in chapter Hilchus Vatech, Rambam chapter four, number nine. <coughs> the Rambam says that murder is the wor- the worst crime out of the three. Out of the three cardinal sins, the worst crime is murder for the following reason. Even though it's not direct, because here and now we're talking about a chil Hashem. We're not talking about. We're not talking about the strict letter of the law. You killed somebody, you didn't kill somebody. We're talking about a house of murder. We're talking about... Right, we're talking about sale. We're talking about organs for sale. You know, there are billboards. There's a billboard down the street that says $35 special today on, on the kidneys. So you get two for one kidney with the, with the excuse my, you know, with the, with, the, with, the, with the heart. A two for one sale. That's, that's what we're talking. That's what the Yashu says. If somebody kills somebody, says the Rabbi, uh, law number 8 and 9, uh, in, the, in the aforementioned chapter, says the Rabbi, if somebody kills somebody, and there weren't any witnesses, there's, there's no way, there's, there, we, we don't have the proper protocol system in order to put this person to death according to the capital punishment that this person is supposed to get. In that case, what do we do? We put this person, the murderer, in jail, and we make them eat food until their stomach blows up. Until they die. Why? We don't do this to anybody else who's at liable for a capital offense except for a murderer. Because even though there are, there are sins which are worse than murder, but there is There is no further destruction of the, of the population of the world than murder. <laughs> even even uh, even idol worship and for sure illicit relationships or transgressing the Shabbos are not like murder. Murder is the worst when it comes from this perspective. Because all of these are between God and man. But killing somebody is between man and man. Somebody who has this Avera of murder on their hands, how is a Russia government? That person is a complete evil person, a complete Russia. All the mitzvahs that a person does in entire life are not equal to the scale of this Avera. And they will not be saved from judgment. Murder is a very serious thing. <coughs> That's what the Ram says. So this is what we're talking about when we're talking about such an institution that's, that's, that's murdering people. Now, the Jewish people who receive the Torah are giving legitimacy and putting a, a stamp of Hesher on this institution. And the Gemara says in Tractate Hulan like this. The Gemara says on page 92b, the Gemara says in Tractate Hulan that the non-Jewish people, the B'nai Noah, the non-Jewish people accepted upon themselves 30 mitzvahs and they keep three. What are the three mitzvahs that they keep? The three mitzvahs that they keep, says the Gemara, are they don't write a marriage contract for same-sex marriages and they don't sell they don't sell in the meat cows <coughs> flesh from a human being. You won't, you're not going to find like uh, muscles and livers and this being sold in the slaughterhouse. That's what they don't do. 
Okay, well, the same sex marriage also happening. So, and also another thing they kept is is that they honored the Torah. They accept they, they understand the importance of the Torah, so they honor the Torah. These are one of the things they do. So even the non-Jews, up until a certain time, they don't sell meat. At least not explicitly. They don't make a they don't make a sale for meat from human beings. For a Jew to come to a place, a hospital like this to sell, they basically what are they doing? When they, when you're taking organs, you're selling twenty thousand dollars for the kidney and and fifty thousand dollars for the heart. That's the same thing. Is <laughs> opening up a butcher shop in the uh, in 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 the in the in the market in the mall, you know, in the in the um, in the shuk in in Yerushalayim and 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 by weight selling it, selling the organs, no different. Except it's in a hospital, it's the same thing. It's a butcher shop. So for a yid to come to such a place and and and, and buy flesh that is being harvested from other human beings. That's not covered on me. That's not honoring the body. And it says in this week's Pasha. It says in this week's Pasha. It says in Pasha's Kisetze. Chapter 21, verse number 23. It says, well, There's a mitzvah that for certain capital offenses the, we, we hang the body after, it, after the person is dead. But right away the Torah says they have to put it down. It has to be buried right away because the person is a Telemokim, they're in the image of God, and it's not honorable to the deceased to have them hanging. So therefore we hang them briefly and then we bury them. So from there we derive that there's such a thing called Kavaramais. There's such a thing called honoring somebody who's no longer alive. This is a dishonor to the deceased. They start cutting them off to pieces, selling them apart. And in the future, in the future, it says in Yechezkel in, in 3911, it says, Vaya day, the Kavusham is gog, when there'll be a war between the Jews and, the, and their enemies, the Jews are going to bury their enemies to, in order that their body should not be dishonored. So this is the way, this is, the way he calls it, he says, it's to come, after all of this, to come to a bank where they're, hand, where they're handing out, where they're handing out organs, that's not for a Jewish person to do. It's a chilashem. Therefore, they cannot go. And then he says like this. He says, therefore, A person should stop themselves from going to such a place. Hashem and Hashem, blessed be He, and Hashem will send a complete refuah, a complete healing to the, to, 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 to the sick of the, of the nation of Israel. So what is the organ tracking? So, uh, I think, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, I think, uh, I'm just talking about Linda had a question. Is it Linda? Raise her hand for me. What? Not like this, though. Not like this, not in this case. I don't, I, that's a separate discussion. You know what? So, were there a lot of organs in the organ? It depends. This is, that's a whole separate issue. Have I done? It's a whole discussion. Some organs, yes, some organs, no. But not like this. Not like this. Not in a, in a right chop shop. What do you want to say, Pamela? Oh, that was your question. Stay tuned. We're gonna to have to we're gonna to have to discuss that issue with Shepard. How much does it have to be tortured before they really want to consent? Right. This is what I wanted to share with everybody this evening. This uh, question of interest. So have a good shower. Yeah. Right. So they could donate or not donate. Right. So they could 
that's that's not black and white, like you're saying. It's not black and white. Yeah, no, you can't, but you're saying it's certain emergency cancellation. Yeah. Well, that's a halakhic organ donor's side. Yeah. Right, but that's. Yeah. 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 Yeah.